all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Well, hello out there. It's Angela, and I am coming to you with this podcast that I recorded on Valentine's Day, which seems appropriate since I want to discuss leading from a place of love. In our world, the opposite of love isn't hate or even apathy. It's competition. Competition might seem motivational, healthy even. Certainly, it's fostered during our education. Pressure to outperform our peers to get into the best program. Then once you're there, working within a highly subjective, comparative studio model. So if everyone's work is mediocre, are you successful just by being less mediocre? Status via comparison is actually a pretty lousy way to measure success. So is thinking that if others do poorly, that means you do better. There is even an economic theory out there called red ocean thinking. And basically, it's that highly competitive shark feeding frenzy But it's really nothing more than a race to the bottom because all we've done is create blood in the water, right? Instead of elevating yourself when you're in that highly competitive kill or be killed kind of a space, you're actually bringing yourself and all the rest of us down. When you compete cutthroat, you make all of our work less valuable, our profession less respected. And what I wanted to really talk about today is that we don't need to compete to get ahead. Instead, we can pivot to what is called a blue ocean model, where the focus is on innovation. Innovation is the game changer. That's because In order to be innovative, you have to be creative. And by definition, creativity means you don't know how it will turn out. What, right? If you are in that space of true creativity, you have to be guided by your passion or you'd never have the courage to do it. But the payoff for that, what's so great about innovation is that it is competition proof. No one else is doing what you're doing when you're innovative. And just close your eyes for a moment. Take a deep breath in and imagine what that feels like. Doing heart-led work that's deeply meaningful to you and as a result is leading you to new discoveries 
and then being able to get others excited because they can feel your passion and share it and want to solve those problems too. It's a very different reality from that blood in the water strategy. It's really tragic to me that our profession has accepted that premise of red ocean, that assumption at its core that we only win if everyone else loses and that it's okay for our work to be commoditized because then we can get ahead on volume. Is that really how we want to practice? Instead, how about if we were actually able to soar by looking at who we really are and what we really want to do? We can do that. We can get ahead. We can define a market, an audience, a client base that we can serve with the full force of our individual talent and passion. And it seems almost too good to be true, right? But think about it. Think about those days as a student full of idealism, dreams, and ambition. And then think about some of the soul-crushing professional experiences that you've had. Of course, you have to actually be innovative for this to work. But now you are focusing on the value of what you have to offer and on finding a match in the market that is actually seeking that value. It's not just about hyper-specialization in niche markets. It's about truly solving problems. And it's important to recognize that innovation is cyclical, right? So as your idea catches on and has an impact, more and more people adopt it and they start to refine it and customize it. And this is where we have the choice. Do we go right back into competition over this? Or do we go into cooperation? Because through cooperation, through working together, that innovation can have a broader impact and make much more of a difference. And that brings us right back to this idea of love. Because love is what prompts collaboration. Let's us stop being control freaks already. Because you don't need the credit when you are acting from your place of love and passion and difference making, what you need is for the thing you care about to happen. And you care so much about the impact you can make that rather being possessive of your ideas, you want others to share and participate. And that brings me back to leadership and how it really is about selflessness, not about being in charge. Good leaders facilitate the greatness of others and hold their big vision. They cut to the core of what inspires others, and people gladly follow them because they know that they have their back, as opposed to having to serve a master which is not a place of love. It's a place of fear. So if leadership is really about being an influencer, but 
not an influencer like a tacky celebrity, but an influencer that really makes a difference and helps others make a difference as well. What do we have to do from that lead from a place of love position? Well, the first thing is to know that you need to put people at ease, that leadership isn't about you. And it often isn't even about what you need to get done, but about who's working with you and what it is going to take for them to feel safe and comfortable contributing their thoughts in being engaged. The second thing is that you can inspire trust in people when they know you have their back. When you are clear about what needs to happen and why and support them when they struggle, point them towards resources when they need inspiration, and in general, are invested in them succeeding, not just the project succeeding or you succeeding. Finally, you lead from the place of love when you can stay positive. Nobody feels good having to tell mom they wrecked the car. And often we can create these authoritarian positions of leadership where failure doesn't feel like an acceptable option. However, in most of life, failure is how we succeed. It's the doorway through which we have to walk. And in a creative profession, I like to joke with my kids that I fail all day long because as I'm working through things, and you've done this too, what happens? Oh, that doesn't work. Let's try shifting that wall. Oh boy, that really doesn't work. You do nothing but fail all day long. But through that failure, you get to your place of greatest success. So when we're in a bigger container where it's about delivering and performance, we need to make it okay to fail early and often, not fail at the critical end and be because you were afraid to say anything because you didn't want to get in trouble. In that case, you don't have trust, right? There isn't that love there. There's only fear of getting in trouble. And when we're in fear of getting in trouble, we don't ask for help. We struggle. We do worse, longer, and it snowballs and it gets out of our control. And now it's a disaster. And that did not have to happen, right? It's a story that doesn't have to happen. So stay positive and provide that space to fail, but to connect with resources so that you can be set up for success when it really matters. Finally, you lead from a place of love when you have boundaries. When you know that your yes is truly a yes, and other people know that too, and you say no to the other things, right? Because all of us only have so much bandwidth. And if you are overtapped, you do a lot of things very poorly. And the people that you're leading sense that 
They sense your tension. They sense your stress. They sense how overwhelmed you feel and the bad juju vibes that are coming off of you. And then they don't feel comfortable approaching you. They feel like they're bothering you or disturbing you. And you probably react to them as if they're doing exactly that. So that isn't the place of love either. And finally, finally, we lead from a place of love when we have purpose and compassion because that is reflected in what we do, in how we do it, in how we are being. And other people see that. They see that. They notice that. They notice how you treat everyone, not just them. They notice how you care about making a difference. They notice what you are committed to and how that makes an impact. And they feel inspired. When you lead from that place of love, people want to go the extra mile for you, for the project, to make a difference. And you being your best self helps them to want to be their best self. And I hope you can see in all of this how different that is from a very hierarchical, parental, almost kind of leadership that is about establishing authority and competing and judgment with the people that you're working with. Instead, this simple shift really does increase productivity drastically It makes people excited to come to the office every day or to get on that Zoom call and collaborate because they're getting something meaningful out of the work they're doing. And that shows in the final products, in what your clients see. It shows in what gets built. It shows in the impact it has on the people that live, work, and play in those spaces. And it is your springboard to tell your story and get more opportunities and expand your network. And you might say, this sounds good if I were the partner in a firm, but I'm not. And I want to speak to even people who might be earlier in their careers to say that everybody is a leader. Leaders are proactive They see what's going on and they speak up. They take action. They make a difference. They don't wait for someone to tell them what to do. Instead, they see the problem. They bring it up. They ask how they should solve it and what resources they need. They have a plan and they are not afraid to take action because they believe in what they are doing. So even if you are younger in your career and you don't think you are a leader, you absolutely are. At every point in your career, you are a leader because you are responsible for making a difference in the world. So no matter what you're doing, you will see your opportunities. You will see the way that you can make a difference. And you absolutely have an obligation to share that knowledge with other people, to try to help them help you 
make an impact so that you can help others. Do not ever sell your leadership short or say that it doesn't matter. I mean, very early on in my career, I was working at a very small firm and I took initiative and it very quickly became a project manager. And very quickly, my boss could see that I could start to help him with things he needed to do to build his company, like networking, like creating a website, like being more visible in the community. And I didn't say, oh my gosh, I just graduated a year ago. I'm not qualified for this. Instead, I said, sure, buy me the software and I'll learn how to build a website. I said, sure, let's figure out who should join what committees and professional organizations in this town and let's get going. And one of the first meetings I went to for an organization called Arizona Forward was a committee meeting. And that meeting, the current chairs were in the process of transition and saying, we're stepping down. We would love to have some volunteers who would like to chair the committee. And no one else in the room raised their hand. And because I really believed in the work of this nonprofit, and I really believed in the community planning committee's work, I looked around and since no one else was putting themselves out there, I said, I'll do it. And I said that on the Housing Commission, when they needed someone to chair an affordable housing initiative. I didn't know anything about affordable housing at the time, but I said, I'll do it. Because what I knew about leadership is that it doesn't mean you have to have the skill set to do all the work. It means you have to have an open heart and be willing to listen and be willing to facilitate. And when I was in these meetings for this affordable housing plan, there were people from the housing department and the neighborhood services department and public works and different community development corporations in the neighborhood and other nonprofits. And I realized pretty quickly that a lot of these people did not trust one another or even like one another all that much. But when I listen to what they were saying as an outsider, I realized that they all wanted the same things. And by being able to synthesize what I was hearing from each of them and organize it into an outline, we were able to make so much progress and really come up with a meaningful plan that the city could then begin to take action on. Because I led from my heart, not from a place of expertise, believe me, but simply from a place of knowing this was an important issue, being locked in that I was passionate about doing something, and being willing to listen so that I could begin to leverage what the people around me knew. And I did that. Before I even was a licensed architect, I was still in my late 20s at that point. And believe me, it did not come from being an expert at any of this stuff. It came from caring 
and being willing. And that is my message. And that is the love, a word we often don't associate with doing business, but literally is so critical. The love that leads the way to making a difference. And I know that every single one of you loves the things that you care about, the causes that are in your heart. Stop stuffing them down. Stop turning them into a clinical, logical thing and start leading from your heart and you will find your way to make a difference. So if you would like to learn more about leadership and how to make an even bigger difference, I'm going to challenge you to love yourself enough to seek out opportunities. And a great one that is totally free that is available to you is my friend Sarah Frances Cootie is putting on a Designed to Thrive Leadership Summit that takes place later this month. And in a very similar vein to what I've been talking about on this episode, she is providing a full spectrum look at leadership, not the usual how to run a business meeting or how to position yourself so that people will pay attention to you or view you as an authority figure. Instead, it's about how to meaningfully communicate, how to negotiate, how to use circle groups to build trust and collaboration, how to be impactful in your community, how to take care of yourself, and the psychology of how to overcome your fears so that you can be more vulnerable and therefore be a better leader. So I am pumped for this summit and I know you will be too once you get engaged with it. So if you are thinking, I got no time, no way is this happening, I want to challenge you on that because this is pre-recorded and the week of the summit you will have access to all of the recordings for that entire week and isn't your professional development worth that i mean think about it it isn't going to cost you anything to hear 18 speakers give their point of view on how to be a better leader if you take even one thing away from that it was a 100% worth it, right? And I know you're going to take more than one thing away from that. And I know I usually listen to content like this the same way I consume things like this podcast in the evenings or in the mornings or over lunch or while I'm drawing because it uses a different part of my brain so I can listen and draw at the same time. Make this commitment to yourself that you want to grow, that you are choosing to be a leader in love, not in fear, not in competition, and do this for yourself. So it is called Design to Thrive Leadership Summit. It is taking place at the end of February, and 
The information is in the show notes. So please take a look there, click the link, get registered, tune in, and let me know what you've learned because I would love to hear if this is helpful for you, what your issues are as a leader and as a creative person, and what resources I can help connect you with to help you be the best you that you can be because the world needs you and it needs you not to be cowering in the corner or be like the talented artist making hundreds of paintings and storing them in the basement. We need you to not only be creating, but to be putting it out there and amplifying that message because you're empowering others. So please continue on your leadership journey. Seriously recommend that you sign up for the summit. But regardless, I love you. I want your success so badly. I know you can do this. So take care for now, and I will see you next time. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.